Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada the Engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control, broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan. That's where we do over kidding and coding and videoing and soldering, making all the good stuff that you love from Adafruit. But for the next hour, what you're going to see from us is all the latest news and updates from the world of making, hacking, and crafting and engineering and more. Yeah, maybe. Baby. Maybe, we'll see. Uh, maybe baby. So we have a baby with maybe a tummy ache, and uh, we have someone who helps us watch Luna during uh, our uh, show. Um, but if we have to bounce tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to stop the show, and we'll record the segments, and we'll publish them on all the social media. Um, usually, she's never really on tick. So um, we'll have to take care of that. So if you see that, uh, you know, I might go into the uh, please stand by Ooh. graphic, which I've only had to use a few times. Sadly, but um, <laughs> yeah, but um, just just so you know, if we need to do that, that's what we're doing. Um, rare, but happens um, for, for, for y'all or parents, you know how it is. So if you need to take care of it, that is why the show will be very short or it'll be an hour long. We'll see. All right. Um, so let's kick it off. Kick it. Yeah, tonight's code is Feathersense, 10% off the native fruit store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, user lose it. We'll talk about our live shows, including from the desk of Lady Ada with a little bit of great search. Got a highlight from JP's product pick of the week, some time travel, looking around the world, makers, hackers, artists, engineers. We've got some advanced manufacturing, made New York City factory footage, some 3D printing. We've got Ion MPI this week. It is analog devices brought to you by DigiKey. We've got some top secret. We've got some new products. We answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord or discord.gg slash adafruit. You can go there. And that is where you can post your questions throughout the show. And we will get to them unless we're not live. Um, can hang out there at all times. And it's an awesome community with a lot of people sharing and more so as we get started here we do have some freebies so in addition to the code yes you get free stuff lady Ada, what is the free stuff that... 99 dollars or more you're gonna get that beautiful golden pcb coaster which will keep your hot drinks away from or your cold drinks away from your desk keep your desk nice and safe no rings uh comes with four little bumpers as well 149 or more you get a free uh, KB2040, it's an RP2040 based board that is pro micro pinout compatible. People love to use it for keyboard projects, but hey, it's also a great small mic controller with the RP2040, eight megabytes of flash, USB type C, castellated pads, tons of GPIO, STEM QT port, NeoPixels and buttons. Good mic controller to start with. 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. We love UPS ground shipping and we just knew we negotiated, so it's a good deal. Check it out. And 299 or more, we're still giving away Circuit Playground Express, our favorite all-in-one development board. It's round, it's got NeoPixels all around it and buttons and sensors, and it can run Arduino or code.org, CS Discoveries, or MakeCode, or CircuitPython, or even MicroPython. It's a great uh, all-in-one developer board for beginners to learn electronics and coding. Okie dokie, and um, let's do a little bit of Adabox news. Um, we are... Almost done with our search, our bat signal for the parts that we've needed all along. Yeah, well, this is one of the Yeah, we've used this in our antibox promotions. So we were able to ship a small number at the end of last year in December. Please make sure your uh account is up to date with your address, any payment information. Um, we don't charge until we ship, and we'll be letting folks know when we're doing a next batch. 
we had a batch that we wanted to get out by the end of the year. We promised, hey, like we we should be able to do some amount. So um, totally can email support at adafruit.com um, if you want to cancel your rate box, or you can also do it in your account. Totally understand. We have thousands and thousands of people that are signed yeah, um, up who want to get on who can't because we have a limited number of beta boxes we're doing. Um, but we are shipping. We'll have our next batch out sometime soon. Um, that's our update, but it is happening. Um, check out adabox.com has whatever updates. The last update was December 19th. That's when we think, yeah, around December 19th, that's when we did um, our batch right before the holiday and folks got their ADA boxes. They've been keeping it quiet. Thank you. And then we'll see how um, it goes with uh, the next round and next round, next round. We should be caught up. This is, you know, years in the making now with the part shortage. And then we'll be back on track. We already have the next ADA box kind of ready to go. Already, yeah. Next one is so, already happening. It's yeah. A good one. So, you know, will be fun um it just is taking a while for those of you who are in the biz um this is just how it is with electronics right now when you have thousands of things and on a subscription service so we instead of email today from openmv he's like after two years i finally have cameras again and i'm yeah. like yeah. <laughs> yeah so everyone's going through this right now You'll yeah see. and instead of just saying we're not doing adabox ever again we're just like well you know we'll just reach out to the folks we'll let them know on our shows um, we understand if people want to cancel, you know, we don't charge until we ship. So that's, that's a plus, but we totally get it. If, uh, if you're just like, no, I want to do other things. So no hard feelings. Okay. Uh, we do a bunch of live shows. Um, we just did show and tell. Thank you so much, Liz, for hosting. Um, show and tell is every single week, 7.30 PM. We post a link in discord for you to show and share your projects, put something on playgrounds for instance. It's a good place to yes. put your projects and you can share them uh live on our show and uh we post a link you join and then we do this every week no matter what it'll be us or someone else from Adafruit we host a show every week join us from desk lady Ada, that's on sunday nights it's in two parts lady Ada was was in part one from your desk okay i was showing off this power bff so i'm designing a couple boards so one board is a um little add-on for cutie pies or shell boards that allows you to use 12 volt DC power, uh, either from a DC terminal, uh, sorry, DC uh, barrel jack or a terminal block, or like both, you can actually have power going in one from the other. Um, and then a buck regulator that will convert up, up to 20 volts down to five volts, one amp. Um, so it's great if you wanna like power your project from, um, you know, a big battery pack or a uh, barrel connector from a wall, not USB, or you want high voltages. I also showed off a design for a board that'll just convert NeoPixel signal to analog RGB LED, like really big multi-amp strips. And then finally, I did a preview of, it's not out yet, don't ask, uh, Flopsy, the floppy drive board that we started designing last two years ago, and we're finally going to get it out because I can get parts for the power supply. Okay, okay. And then on the great search, when you use DigiKey to find the things that you're looking for, you show how you use DigiKey.com, Lady What did you look for this week on the great search? Um, well, for the great search, uh, we were talking about this NeoPixel to analog converter, and I needed a three channel inverter uh, that was very small. I didn't want to use like a big dip chip, I wanted to use a tiny little chip. Uh, so I showed how to use the search on DigiKey to find. Uh, TTL logic and which family of TTL logic and then what package and how to filter it out from getting thousands of results to like we had like 10 options and I picked one that was in stock and at a good price. Okay, okay. 
And every single week there's JP's product pick of the week. We have a highlight that we share here. JP, take it away. Airlift Bitsy. It is an itsy bitsy Wi-Fi coprocessor add-on. Using the ESP32, you can then inside of CircuitPython or Arduino, add some Wi-Fi or Bluetooth capability to your project. There's my itsy bitsy RP2040. And there's my airlift with the little short header pins on there. And just set those in and set it down. I've specified a Wi-Fi access point SSID and the password. The Itsy Bitsy is going to go and tell the airlift to jump onto that Wi-Fi. And then it goes up to this uh, board api.com every 15 seconds and grabs a new activity to do when you're bored. So right now it said learn woodworking. Uh, and now it's going to go query that again. Says fetching Jason from board API. Uh, grabs a new one. Hold a video game tournament with some friends. My product pick of the week this week. It is the Airlift Bitsy. That's weird. I guess uh, there's a bunch of blank uh, dead air there. Sorry about that. Um, luckily, we were watching it. I think uh, the video edit um, had some extra some some. Anyways, JP show is on Thursdays. You can watch JP workshop. That's tomorrow. And then Friday deep dive with Scott Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. Scott's back. 5 p.m. Eastern. Do check it out. Time travel. Let's look around the world of Mac makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. I've got a few things to go over. Also even jump in on some uh, questions, stuff like that. So there was someone who said, I've never heard of Adabox. What is it? Well, you can go to adabox.com and check it out. It's a subscription service that we send a box of electronics to you four times a year. It's usually a really interesting, cool new product that's hard to get in the Adafruit store. Um, because it sells out quickly, or it's unique, or there is something special. Um, you can it's check custom out design. custom design. There's a lot of different things that go into it, but it's also a pre-order because there's a lot of times it's a product that um, there's only going to be four or 5,000 of, so you're going to be the only one to get it. So it's a um, rare and unique subscription service for people who like to do electronics. I'd say um, if you're the most advanced electronics person in the world, um, you probably want to try something else. And if you're a super beginner and you've never done anything with electronics, um, this also might not be for you. It's a little bit of just a curious person that has a little bit of skills, but isn't someone who's so jaded that it's like, I need to take apart, you know, things. It's like an electronic centrist. It, yeah, it's, it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's someone who's just curious about electronics. So I, I, I'd say that's, that's where it ends up. There's no age group. It's just basically people are like, oh, this is pretty cool. This is, you know, electronics. We have a lot of subscribers. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's... Uh, so sign up if you want to subscribe because there's yeah. no openings right now, but they will be as soon as we ship them yeah. out. Usually some people are like, yeah. oh, my yearly subscription's over. I'm not going to renew. And then yeah. lots of And if you've never done electronics, this might be the thing to get you started. But I usually suggest um, not a subscription service on that because you know you're signing up for something. Start out with something in the website. Get a Circuit Playground Express um, before you, uh, you you jump in. Um, and then someone was asking, uh, how come things sell out so fast on our website? So Pi. Yeah. So this goes along with um, just time travelness. So we put some Raspberry Pi Ws, and some people get upset when they're like, "Well, I got the notification; it sold out already. How could 300 units?" sell out an hour. Yeah, 
It we does. used to have 400 units sell out in under three minutes. Yeah, and and here's and take down our yeah, sales. and and yeah, and here's here's the the good news and bad news. The good news is when you order something from Adafruit, we ship it to you. When you it's when, real. When you check out, it's real. It's because we have it in stock and we're sending it to you. One of the problems with Raspberry Pi purchases across all the sites out there, not ours, most others, is they will take your money and they will not ship you something until they get stock later. That's not great no. because you think you placed an order, but you just placed an unending back order. So, you know, our support team and Lamar and I, we get, you know, some kind of mean emails because someone will say, well, why don't you take back orders? And that's the reason. Um, they'll also send kind of a mean email. Okay, well, I got a notification, but it's out of stock. Blah. And if you look around and feel free to look at, it's easy to figure, to type Raspberry Pi W, Raspberry Pi 5, look at the other sites that sell it and look at any of the uh, comments online, any social medias, or even their own sites that have any type of um, comments. Um, people are upset because they've ordered their Raspberry Pi back in September and it still hasn't shipped. So we just don't do back That's orders. the trade-off. Either, you know, it's like you do back orders, it's like you yeah. have an order, and, but you may not get it. And to be fair, versus the to, way we do to it. be fair, 99.99% of people, including everyone watching here, is cool and they understand it. They're not upset or anything. Um, it's that like, you know, 1% of folks that, that, I get it, like life is hard and it's lonely and sometimes it's sad. And sometimes this is the type of attention that people seek. They, um, they're just unhappy with everything and they take it out on um, others. And this is just one of the ways they get it. Other companies and people let them down and, you know, they're just like screaming into the void. Um, but we're real humans here. So um, we just try to, instead of giving up and saying, well, we're not going to sell these things at all or whatever, we just try to explain it in real human terms in our shows and on our blog posts and in emails and everything and just say, like, here's, here's what it is. So, um, that's why we do a show every week. It's one of our chances to to talk to people. It's like, yeah, it's not. There's no perfect solution to this. Um, so what we've done is like, well, let's sell them when we have them, and we'll eventually have enough um, for you to real time purchase it. But what we don't want to do is take your money or have you have an order from six months ago. Just don't want to do it. And that's how it is. Yeah. So as best we can. Yeah. So it's a little bit of time trouble. Um, and uh you know like speaking so, of part shortages well no not far shortages so um in other news kind of big maker news um this is my beat that i've been writing about for years uh congratulations lenore and wendell and brie so evil mad scientists you all know them we've stocked their stuff before they have lots of art and drawing robots they've been acquired by bantam tools a lot of people know brie former ceo of makerbot and lenore and wendell are moving to peak skill so <laughs> Peekskill just got an amazing IQ upgrade. Yeah, they just like, imagine like having evil mad scientists move to your town. So they just got like, you know, two of the most brilliant, amazing people moving to a location. They're so creative they're in, New, they're in New York. So that's good for good for our team. Um, so uh, Lenore, Wendell are gonna be CTO and COO of Bantam Tools. They're gonna be using their smarts to feature and sell their uh, popular drawing and handwriting machines and they'll be able to do a lot of cool things for artists and educators um Good for them. yeah this is great um they let me know they're just like hey um because we've been friends probably for like 25 years now it's been a long time they're like hey like can we talk to you on the phone real quick and i'm like yeah sure and figured it was something interesting like this 
And um, let me go over to the website. You can go to Evil Mad Scientist Laboratories. You can just type Evil Mad Scientist online and you can try to see uh, what comes up, but it'll be them. And let me just find my browser here. I have a browser, 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 browser. That's not a browser. Let me find browser. 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 Yeah. So you could check them out. Bantam Tools is this cool. It was before it was called Other Mill. Yeah. And we knew all those folks. So I proposed an idea to them to do like an interview since we used to do a maker business show. But you can check it out. Um, you can check out the things that Phantom makes as well. Ooh, more drawing robots. So in case you're wondering, you know, what we think about this, this is an amazing, great home for um, Lenore and Wendell. This is a fantastic um, treat for all of us who like the type of things that they make. They'll have, my guess is, the um, resources and support to do more of the type of drawing rob robots and handwriting robots they want to do. Um, I really like what Bree's building um, in Peak Skill. Um, it's not only like a company, but it's a cause and a business and a mission. So um, I think it'll be neat to see what happens next. So if we can get them on the shows, we will. I want to do like a 10 questions in 10 minutes type thing because I know the attention spans are small. But congrats all around to Lenore and Wendell. Um, they've been someone we've leaned on for ideas, suggestions, and advice for like open source hardware. Um, Wendell, um, you know, for the folks who don't know, uh, Wendell and Lenore and um, Lamore were pretty much responsible for getting um, what uh, it was. Uh, okay. It was, yeah, it was, DX it was CADSoft's Eagle Cat. XML output. And we convinced them to allow XML export. And that really unlocked a lot of things for uh, KiCad later. Yeah, because we could import and KiCad. Yeah, there was a lot of, um, a lot of things that, you know, goes on in this, like, I would love to make a maker's almanac of the thing that's happened over the last 20 years. Um, someone mentioned Open Circuits is a great book, co-authored. I think uh, so Dell. that worked on the original open source hardware definition. Yeah. Yeah, so there's so there's there's a lot of things going on, and the fact that they're moving to New York is really helpful, um, because I think being in a location together, because there is a factory factory, um, so congrats all around, it was super cool. Um, okay, uh, other news um, that I wanted to talk about is uh, we have an update to our website. Um, we have a works with Whippersnapper. Yes. That I wanted to show. So if you gotta go back to the browser. Um, browser, browser, browser. Yeah. So if you go to our website, adafruit.com, and you search for something, I search for feather. Yeah. If you look at the results on the side, now you know if it works with Whippersnapper. And these are all the boards. Whippersnapper is our low code, no code, IoT, online service, free that lets you use electronic circuit boards to do IoT projects. So easy. Someone will say you're making it too easy. And we're going to add the sensors too. Right now we're just doing the dev boards yeah. that um, work. And again, no code. You just go to the use a web browser only. And you can set up and do IoT projects instantaneously um, in minutes, seconds. Um, but uh, we love Whipper because it's great. A lot of people want to do IoT projects, but they're like, I don't want to learn Azure. I don't want to learn AWS. Yeah. You can do it, but it's hard. So you want to get started quickly. The way what we do Whippersnapper, the boards that work with it, are that Adafruit has, um, we're able to see with our search. And so you can match those up. So you're like, oh, I want to do low code, no code, easy, super easy, super fast, whippersnapper, um, IoT projects. You can see what boards work. 
and then you know purchase them or you can see which ones are compatible there's other boards that that work with all this it's not from Manfred. so do check it out so that's our time travel news uh for the week let's do a little bit of uh python hardware speaking of python on okay lady Ada. code plus community our newsletter adafruit daily sign up we have a completely separate website because we don't want you to be spammed or even think that we spam you adafruit.com is where you buy stuff learn.adafruit.com is where you learn stuff and adafruit daily is where you subscribe to newsletters is where you make show off stuff yeah so the newsletter you don't have to subscribe you can even read on the website and get an RSS feed it's on github we got every way so this week on the newsletter there's benchmarking adafruit metro m7 versus raspberry pi pico lady data this is kind of cool. What is this? Why is this cool? This is cool. Okay, so CircuitPython, look, I'm never going to say CircuitPython is the fastest running code, but it's definitely the fast way to develop code. It's a lot faster than C or assembly because you're not spending all your time compiling and uploading, compiling, uploading your, it's interpreted, so it's instantaneously executed. Uh, but because, of, you know, there is a slowdown with interpreted code, there always is, a lot of people are like, well, I want to have, you know, what's the fastest chip that can run the code because maybe for some application speed is important. Um, and it's, you know, they don't want to write any C code that gets called from Python. So um, two really popular chipsets is one is the uh, Metro M7. We've kind of, uh, you know, we did this as a partnership with DigiKey and NXP. Um, thank you to them for sponsoring the board development. And this is a, you know, Metro shaped board that has the RT1011. And the RT1011 runs at 500 megahertz. It's a Cortex M7. And so that's, this is a beefy chip. It's, it's high frequency and a pretty powerful core with a floating point unit. Um, so it's actually great for CircuitPython, also has a good amount of RAM. Um, but a lot of people also have a Raspberry Pi Pico, and that's a Cortex-M0 running at about like 130 megahertz. And so um, people are like, well, how much faster is the M7? And it's like, well, it's probably going to be like four times faster, but it actually depends. If you're using the floating point unit, it's going to be even more faster. Oh, get up. Yeah. So here's um, a really nice benchmark test that shows a lot of different things that you can do each application and how long it takes to do like a repetitive test and you know you do this operation 10,000 times and then you know so it takes a couple seconds and you can compare it and in general the m7 is about you know five to eight times faster on almost everything which makes sense because it's about four times faster on the speed and then the chip is a you know new model chip so it's going to give you another um you know two or three times um but check it out uh and also what i really like is they have a, a laptop as well um and that's kind of fun because it's just like well you know how much faster is it yeah. on a computer and it's like computers are very very good at running interpreted code because yeah. like gigahertz multi-core processors yeah and this is like you know not a rant or anything but just like one of the things i noticed so when folks are like hey like cool i'm doing python on microcontrollers the the idea that that's going to be the most optimized bare metal way to do something is not the point of that's doing point. interpretive languages on hardware it's so you can do things in a development process that's fast as possible later on you're always going to do stuff if you do arduino you're going to write c code later if you do um circuit python you'll probably do other stuff later but the chips are fast enough and you'll be able to do a lot more and then you can optimize later just like hardware sometimes you have a development board that has all the things in the world but then when you go to manufacturing it's only the things that are you know bare minimum so there's no intention of like, hey, this is going to be the fastest thing in the world, but it is pretty fast. So that's kind of cool too. Um, but it's not the intention to be the um, 
uh, benchmark winner of every single thing. But it is interesting to check. But out. this is still good to know if you're if you're running something on the Pika and you're like, oh man, you know, like this for some reason you need a faster computation, yeah. and you're like, well, how much faster would the M7 be? Um, this can give you an idea without having to go buy hardware. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, it's also a community member did this. We didn't do this. That's very nice. Yeah. Um, also, if you're into CircuitPython, we do posters for each version, or we try to. Um, we have a new poster vendor, um, which is... Uh, the posters are cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you know, here, here's one of the things. Um, people were doing, like, you know, NFTs and digital stuff. Uh, we never did. Um, so, posters. yeah, we like to do physical posters. It's just hard to find someone. It's hard to find someone in the U.S. who's doing posters at a reasonable price that we can get tubes from. Um, there was also there's some packaging companies that people don't like. So these the tubes that they come in are from Uline. If you're not a fan of that company, there's all sorts of minefields that you have to like navigate around when you do anything. Um, but we have a low cost, lowest cost poster we can get with tubes from um, a company. All it's all local stuff. So hopefully, y'all enjoy it and then um a little bit of a note it's circuit python 2024 time if you go to adafruit.com slash circuit python 2024 um you can see our call to the community what do you want to see in circuit python stuff that you wanted previous years some of it got yeah there. you can look at the previous years um and see what you asked for and if it got in there um it's getting to the point where it's really advancing you can do lots of different things so Tell us what's interesting, what you want to see more of. Um, I really like all the screen stuff we're doing. You can basically make a full computer. Um, so seeing more easy ways to kind of mix and match, like I've got a CircuitPython powered keyboard and a screen and a mouse. And a, you know, I got all yeah, these different things. Oh, yeah, lots of stuff going on. Got all That's these cool. different things. Um, what's the thing that you would like to see? Project examples are a really good idea. And then just look around at the projects that are out there and just be like, oh, wow, this is like really neat. Um, I'd like to do this. I would see it in this programming language. I'd like to see it in like CircuitPython. That always helps us. Okay. So Adafruit Daily delivered to you at your inbox every single week. Don't forget adafruitdaily.com. Okay. Uh, I've got some open source hardware news. Oh, it is a newsy boy. night. <laughs> yeah. It's a newsy uh, night. It's a newsy night. Um, congratulations, Thea Flowers is the new Open Source Hardware Association board president. Yay! Yeah, the, the term for, like, these things are, like, insider baseball. Like, that's what people say. It's like... So, I've just been around this forever, so is Lady Ada. So, Oshawa is the only open source hardware organization that does certification. There's 2,600 and something uh, open hardware designs. Uh, Adafruit has about 700 plus. Yeah. Uh, Sparkfin has about 500 plus. Um, that's the, the the two largest amounts. And then there's thousands of others that make up the most of it. Uh, the rest of it, the long tail of open source hardware. And so um, you could check out Oshawa and you could see the certifications. Um, there's lots of ways to say you're open source. You could say it, you could put a logo on it. Turns out a lot of companies are doing that, but they're really not. But once you publish your files and get it certified, it really is open source hardware. So, um, you know, whether you agree with how organizations do stuff or um, should you even participate in things, if you want to do open source hardware and, and send a signal to your community, it really is open source. This is one of the ways. This is why we donate to the Open Hardware Summit. Um, there is an Open Hardware Summit this year. 
we just emailed them and said we are going to be a sponsor. So you can check that out. It's 2024.oshawa.org. It's in Canada, and you'll be able to see uh, lots of folks who do open source hardware. I will tell you why I'm personally excited about Thea Flowers why? being the Oshawa board president. It's because Thea runs an open source hardware company in the US and ships electronics and is a business and a cause. And I think that this is just like, it's not criticism, but I think this is really helpful because sometimes the focus on what an organization like Oshawa does is not around businesses. And I get it because they're more into nonprofits and more inclusion efforts, get it. However, hardware is a business. And to have someone who understands that you have to sell things, their supply chain, and also you're advertising something as open source hardware, and that means something and she there's, there's value. Yeah. In the game. Yeah, there's value behind it. So I really like that they in particular has the experience and knows what it's like to be an open source hardware company. I'll give you one example. We're noticing that everyone's using AI tools for their like copilot, but people aren't citing them in their published open source code that they're using these things. So we're like, well, how will we do this? A lot of the ChatGPT stuff is trained on the Morse code. So we're like, well, let's just disclose in our readme file that we generated um, or worked with the OpenAI ChatGPT service for this code and we linked to the session so you can see it exactly. And then we know we we credit it. And things are going to change. But I think someone like Thea, who's in this world and sees this and also is good about crediting and knows all the things that are going on in the 3D printing world, this is a topic that is going to come our way sometime, whether it be software, how do you credit AI code, or hardware, when you start to say to something, I want a battery and a screen, and I want it to do this, you might get a schematic. How does that get credited? So I think that these new frontiers of where open source hardware is going, um, whether you like it or not, um, we need people that are that are knee deep in it. And um, Thea is, I think, uh, one of the people that can help lead the way. Um, Lamar and I can't do stuff like this because it would just be too big of a conflict of interest for us. Because, I, and I got a lot of stuff going on. Well, just <laughs> as much like I'm just like boy, you know. I, so I, I write about these things, but I and I you know obviously it's on Adafruit and I do all sorts of disclosures. But when there's things that have um events and more and you're kind of speaking for a big community that's where it's like i'd really like to see someone who's like on other boards who does stuff with the, P the python software foundation i think i like michael we hang out in Weinberg, but i'm also yeah. glad that he gets a break it's like it's a yeah well enough, my, the you know? former president with, um the lawyer who's really good about copyright trademark patent and that's where the certification uh project was driven yeah. by so this is all really good news i'm really excited thank you, congratulations ashra you got a great person looking forward to the summit and we're sponsoring um, we'll be sending in our check shortly. Okay, other news in the world of open source hardware. We're up to 600 redesigns. That's a nice graphic. Yeah. yeah, so we have about you know about 630 designs that are in the shop. I actually thought it was 400, but it turns out it's 600, more than I thought. Um, and about 100 of them have been discontinued, which is why there's a 700 certifications, but only 630 or so yeah. um, in the store, because there's so, 100 boards got, you know, BMP we'll away the word out. But one of the reasons we're talking about um, you know, hey, we did this many redesigns is because I think a lot of electronic makers, just getting back to what I was talking about, P 
people who do um, and make sh and ship hardware is I think they were really discouraged and frustrated, like, well, what are we going to do? And we wanted to show that there is like a little bit of a grind to it, but we did it. 600 later. I got by the way. It's like I have, you know, the MagTag and the PyTFTs. Um, we'll talk about the Feather Sense and, yeah. you know, and then next week the Clue both got revised, but I'm actually like kind of almost pretty much done. The, you know, the, the last few are tough because they're like, I really have to do a lot of part swaps, a lot of firmware changes, but um, it's been a grind. I started this about a year and a half ago. Phil's been very patient with me. Yeah. Um, um well, I've been well working on this big project yeah one know, of the biggest projects we also had a kid so there was like you know juggling all this stuff in a company we have um a big move we're going to be doing soon so there's a lot of things going on but what we wanted to do it's kind of the theme of the show instead of just quitting and saying well we can't get parts that's it we're done uh we i just did like two a day we decided to redesign 600 plus products is good you know it's going to be almost 800 altogether um so you can have electronics and then for us as there's geopolitical issues whether you name it that's going to happen the planet earth and the people on it will be able to have more options for okay that ship's not available no problem that ship's not available no problem um you know covid changed a lot of things part shortage changed a lot of things um you know you get beat down you get up dust yourself off and just uh hit the cad tools and restart your redesigns um Speaking of, uh, we have a bunch of guides. Yeah, people came back. Uh, from yeah, guides. what do we, what do we have going on on Learn? Okay, well, the Memento Camera Guide's been, you know, we keep updating it. Uh, today, Brent added a page on people who want to use Platform I.O. to program the Memento Camera Board. Uh, so if you want to do Arduino programming or C programming, the Arduino IDE is quite slow compiling because there's just so much code in the Arduino ESP board development package for camera stuff it's it, you can do it but it takes quite a few minutes uh platforming was very very fast we love it we've donated to them and it's to support them um and we show how to set up platform io to do that so it's for very advanced users but maybe handy erin um she you know this is from a previous ada box led I'm gonna play a short video after this. yeah she she just shows how to actually get spray animation she's like we don't show how to do that and i'm like oh we, we just forgot so little five by five pixel or six by six pixel animations that you can create on your computer and then download as a sprite sheet and play um, on your LED graphics. And then now and Pedro, uh, you sent over a while ago, like a cool NeoPixel fidget toy. And I was like, oh yeah, we should make one. So you the ANO Rotary Encoder, it's like the iPod wheel. Um, and then a NeoPixel that swirls around. It's an electronic fidgety toy. Um, and also we've been, you know, with the Memento, we've been updating the camera images with CircuitPython guide uh, for like generic camera stuff, um, how to use filters. And I think that's it for this week. Yep. So I'm going to play this video from Aaron, and then we'll see you on the other side. Create custom animated graphics for your LED glasses. Make silly eyes that move, wink, or wiggle. Let your imagination run wild. Design your animated eyes using Piskel, a free online sprite sheet generator. Choose your color palette, create your graphics, and download them to your computer. Our CircuitPython code does the rest. Save the images and code to your iLights controller and you're ready to glow. Tilt your head to cycle through the images using the iLights onboard accelerometer. This board has lots of features and sensors, so you can go wild. See the full build tutorial on the Adafruit Learning System and hit that subscribe button for more fun learning projects. Okay, and then we're just going to roll right into some manufacturing footage from Adafruit in a minute, a New York minute.
that's a little bit of a view of the Adafruit factory. Some 3D printing, we're going to play these videos back to back. It's the fidgety type thing. Fidget toy. And uh, then we got a speed up, winter edition. See you on the other side. You can build a portable LED fidget game with NeoPixels and CircuitPython. This project uses an ANO rotary encoder to move an LED along a 24 NeoPixel ring. As you scroll the encoder wheel, the LED moves around the ring. You can press and hold the center button to go into gamer mode where you can play an LED chase game. We think it's a fun way to fidget with NeoPixel LEDs and an iPod classic-like scroll wheel. All of the electronics are housed in a SnapFit 3D printed enclosure. Powered by the Adafruit Feather RP2040, the ANO rotary encoder connects via STEMIQT, making it easy to build. The code is written in Adafruit CircuitPython using the NeoPixel library. With the Seesaw library, you can control rotary encoders and buttons over I2C. In the code, the directional buttons are used to change the color of the LEDs while the center button lights up the whole ring. If you press and hold the center button, it activates the game mode. We think this is an interesting way to interact with NeoPixel LEDs using rotary encoders. The enclosure can be 3D printed without any support material using your favorite PLA filament. The Feather RP2040 and ANO rotary encoder breakout are secured with machine screws while the NeoPixel ring snap fits into the circular grid. For a full step-by-step -step tutorial on building this project, be sure to check out the guide on learn.adafruit.com. The 3D printed circular grid isolates each NeoPixel, keeping the light inside each segment. A 3D printed diffuser and clear PLA softens the super bright LEDs and snap fits into the grid. A CNC piece of black LED acrylic offers a soft and even glow that looks really nice when fully illuminated. We had a lot of fun putting this project together and hope you're inspired to use CircuitPython for your next electronics project. All right, and don't forget on Wednesdays, you can tune in to 3D Hangouts with Noe and Pedro, learn how to make all that and more, the longest running 3D printing show in the world. Um, let's uh, do a reminder, code is Feathersense. There's also all that free stuff. Let's do INMPI. Yep. INMPI. I on NPI brought to you by DigiKey. Thanks, DigiKey Analog Devices is what the I on NPI is this week. And that's the new product introductions. That's what is NPI stands for. Lady Ada, what is the I on NPI this week? I'm glad you asked. It's a two-parter. It's the uh, MaxRef SD 
78 camera, which it's like a long number, but really it's a dev board for the um, Max 78000, which is a Cortex M4 processor with machine learning uh, convolutional neural network built in. And this is a cool like all-in-one camera and audio dev board kit. Um, it's got an image sensor camera. It's like an OV series. It's got, uh, I guess, flash LEDs. Um, a bunch of buttons, a headset audio um, connector for input and output. Uh, it's got a micro SD card. It's also got a built-in microphone. And on the other side, it's got a capacitive touch, um, a power button, and micro USB. Uh, sorry, and mic USB Type C connector that can be used for just like USB or for programming it with the SWD dongle, uh, which comes with it. And what this is is a is a development board for video on the edge processing so you know oftentimes you're doing uh, video or image processing you're using something like a raspberry pi or a single board computer if you're not using a desktop but that uses a lot of power um what if there was a processor that basically had like a built-in ai core that made processing audio and video really really fast and that's what this is um it's a, a chip that has um sorry the next one the max 78000 which is a special microcontroller from maxim now analog devices it's a uh, Cortex M4, but it's got also a RISC-V coprocessor, tons of GPIO, tons of memory, and this neural network accelerator. So what normally would be like a separate, you know, on desktop, they call them CUDA, you know, graphics devices, or, you know, you'd have like a coral stick or something that's built into the processor. And so it can do very fast, you know, as fast as a, um, you know, single board Linux computer, but without the power. And of course the instant startup, um, uh, you know, can run off a battery, can go into low sleep mode, all stuff you expect from a microcontroller, lower cost, smaller size, um, instant boot up time without the complexity of having like a full Linux setup. Um, so this is the description of the chip. So on the left, it's, you know, it's a powerful, it's a powerful chip, uh, Cortex M4 with an FPU um, running at 100 megahertz. It's got uh, half a mega flash, 120K of RAM. There's also a ton of RAM in the CNN, the accelerator. And that's because you can actually load the model and all of your data into RAM. So it like loads instantaneously. Like you don't have to worry about like caching in flash or like reading enough like external memory. Um, like a QSPY flash memory because it's all in RAM uh, and you can execute from within RAM or up, you know, update from RAM within one instruction cycle, you get really, really fast updates. You can see uh, you know, almost a megabyte of data memory just for your image and model. Um, also, all the peripherals you expect, I2S, PWM, I2C, SPI, UART, da, da, da. It's, a full, you know, it's a full Cortex-M4. It just got this uh, cool accelerator uh, uh, plugged onto the side. Um, so here's more detail about the convolutional neural network. So, you know, basically, you know, when you're dealing with uh, machine learning models, there's a lot of mathematics that you have to do. You have to like multiply these, these tensors together um, and you convolve them to get data out that then goes through multiple, multiple, multiple uh, layers. You know, every layer adds complexity and adds more time, um, but allows you to do more uh, complicated training and um, inferences. But the inferences can take a really long time. So, you know, folks who have done AI, you know, if you have it on a desktop without GPU acceleration, you know, it can be 10, 20, even 100 times slower than if you have a specialized piece of hardware that's really, really good at multiplying these big, big numbers, these big collection of numbers together. Um, and, you know, again, one of the nice things about this is that there's about a megabyte of RAM um, on, on the chip specifically so that you can have everything in memory you know, when I did uh, TensorFlow Micro for, 
TensorFlow Life for microcontrollers, we tried to do this hack where we would like burn to the flash and then like do execute in place. It's very complicated and kind of nasty. It meant that there was a this high startup time because we had to like burn the model, which is quite large, into memory because we couldn't into flash memory because we couldn't hold it into RAM. Um, but you know, that's one of the nice things about this chip is it's designed specifically for that kind of high RAM usage that you need where you have to have a full image in your memory and you're manipulating it and the models in memory so you can load it very quickly. Um, only trade-off is, is like, you know, any AI project, you do have to train the model. Now it does come with a couple models um, and I'll show you what we'll try to do a demo of one, but you know, depending on what you want to detect visually or audibly, you're gonna have to train it. So you have to collect a lot of data and you have to do the training um you know in pytorch and then you can create the model export it and then program it into the microcontroller the max 78000 and the training is it's not extremely complicated but it's not trivial right you need to have someone who kind of knows what they're doing you have to have a lot of really good data um and you have to have a lot of patience and you have to have fast processor because creating the model is actually quite difficult and takes that difficult like uh, code wise but uh, complicated computationally so you have to do it on a desktop computer you can't do it on the chip you have to do it separately and then load the model in but pytorch is a very popular um, device tool that's used for taking all this data and kind of smushing it around and figuring out what is the collection of layers you need to apply um, to the data you've got to be able to train and identify what you want to identify uh, so thankfully, ADI has a nice video series. I watched a bunch of it, uh, taking you step by step, how to do training, what kind of data is good, and then how to apply it to the Max 78000, which is their core AI on the edge chip. And then when you program it, you're going to use the built-in DAP programmer that comes with the kit. Uh, you plug it into the USB-C. It's kind of uh, cute and witty, and then you can select which processor you want to program in because there's actually two processors inside. One is for video and one is for audio. Uh, so that way you can have, um, you, you could have one processor do both, but in this case, I think they wanted to demonstrate that uh, the speed you can get from having um, the both commands split between the two. And also each one is pre-wired to um, the camera or to the I2S input. There's uh, lots of example codes. And here's some models that they have. They have, you know, this uh, portrait, cat or dog detection. I showed you that before. Face ID, um, wildlife to detect like deers or uh, cars, outdoors or people. Um, digit detection, that's kind of the standard handwriting detection. Um, and But there's uh, tutorials on how to take enough data that you can then train it. Um, also, training models, to be honest, is not, uh, there's tutorials on how to do it. One nice thing is you don't have to use TensorFlow Lite for microcontrollers. You're actually, because it's the accelerated processor, you can actually use like TensorFlow Lite for real. Um, but do be aware that the model has to fit within that amount of RAM that's available on the Max 78000. There's also a feather that they made for this chip. So, you know, if you want to, once you've got the camera, you've got your prototype developed and you want to maybe use some other feather compatible hardware to design your own uh, you know, prototypes and product before going to file manufacture. Um, I thought this is a beautiful light blue board. And the dev kit is in stock. It says one in stock, but there's 417 in the factory, which means that they can get it to you within a day or two. Um, so you can pick one up if you would like to experiment with video or audio recognition. So I thought we could do a quick demo on the overhead. Now, yeah. because it's a live demo, I'm going to say, I hope, I hope it works. So I've got, focus. Uh, it's not focused on, on purpose because it's going to be focused on the screen. Uh, but this is Brad Pitt. Just you know, believe me. Hi, I'm Brad Pitt. Yeah. And um, the demo they've got is, oh, sorry, I have to remember to tilt. 
up. There you go. So you can see. You can see Brad Pitt. You can see. Brad. Yeah, you can see that it recognized Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah there you, Brad go. Pitt. you can see it. Um, so it, can, it detects like famous people. It's it's trained on um, models of a uh, celebrity. So I'm sorry, it's a camera of a camera. Camera of a camera of a camera of a camera. I know, but um, uh, oh, and also it can detect words. So if I say up, down, oh no, there you go. Get this closer. Show it. Up. Down. Left. Right. One, two, three. It's pretty good. She's actually pretty good compared, you know, compared yeah, to on the edge. On the edge. So, um, yeah, check out this, uh, Devin. This is the. This is taken apart. It's got a battery. Uh, it's got these beautiful boards. The uh, video stuff and the audio stuff. A very cute, compact little uh, camera kit. Nice work. Yeah. And that is this week's Eye on MPI. Eye on MPI. All right, we're going to roll right into new products. Before we do, don't forget the code is Feather Sense. Lady Ada, kick it. New, 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 new. New, 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 new. Okay. Okay. First up, um, we have in stock the Grove feathering. I think we announced this before the end of last year, and then people were on holiday. If you have Grove sensors and devices and you want to plug them into something that's a feather, you're in luck. We now have a feather window. Make it super easy. Uh, there are three ports that can give you analog inputs, A0, A1, A2, A3, A4, A5. One UART, and then and the analog pins can also be digital, and then two I2C ports. Plus, there is a stomach UT port. Um, so, let's work with any feather that we've got. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have code for every Grove device, but Seed does uh, in Arduino. So, as long as you're programming in Arduino or in MicroPython, uh, you're good to go. So, a nice little mechanical adapter for a very popular uh, brand of accessories. Except. Next up, we have an update to the surface transducer. For some reason, couldn't get these during the part shortage either, but now we have one. So a surface transducer, it's like a speaker, but it doesn't have a cone. Instead, you press it up against a surface and it'll turn that flat surface into a speaker. Um, so we've had these before, so check out the other demo videos for this product. And now it just mechanically looks a little different. It doesn't have wire soldered in, unfortunately. You'll have to solder your own wires, uh, but it does come with 3M tape on it so you can stick it onto your surface. It's a nice strong 3 watt uh, amplifier. Uh, Service uh, Next up, we have an update to the super large breadboard. Uh, this is the last board. This is the last breadboard that's getting premiumized. So we now get these with really high quality clips so they don't like grab stuff and don't let go. They're nice and buttery smooth. Also a nice uh, black silk screen instead of blue for the negative rail, which I like because it's red and black. It's the colors you expect. Um, otherwise, there's a gigantic breadboard, but definitely going to be more useful now that's premium because you can stick big um, chips in them and dev boards, and they're not going to bend the pins when you uh, try to push them in or pull them out. Okay, next up. Also, an update. This finally is back in stock. This is a really cool multi-voltage um, power adapter. And I just love that on the side you can select different voltages. So the big update, it used to be 3 4.5, 6, 7.5, 9, 12. Now it's 3, 5. Not 4.5, but 5, which honestly is a lot more I, useful. I need this. Like, I need this all the time. Yeah, it's like super useful. And it comes with all the plugs, positive and negative. So this is like, you know, I've got like a 
label printer that does like nine volt neck center negative. It's like who has one of those kicking around, right? Uh, I like that you can fl flip it around between positive and center um, and then just slide on the side, which voltage you want. Um, these are quite popular and I'm yeah. glad they're back in stock. All right. Uh, also, we've got motors. motors. Um, by request, somebody wanted a uh, double-ended motor. So this is a bimetal gear motor. So if you look here, see how some of the gears are metal and some are plastic? The high torque gears are metal. The end of the gear train is metal, but the beginning of it is plastic. It's a little lighter, uh, less noisy. Um, plastic is less noisy than metal. Um, but it still gives you that durability of metal for the high torque because it's a one to 90 gear ratio. So it's got a, it's like a higher torque TT motor um, using a lot of robotics. And now it's got uh, two ends. So you can have some, you know, you can have a uh, encoder on one end and a wheel on the other, or you have two wheels for some reason, what have you. Um, you're good to go with this bimetal high torque TT motor. Okay, solar panels. Solar panels. Um, so from Voltaic, they're you know they're going to try to get to us. Uh, they're bigger panels, but in the meantime, they're having some you know they're moving a factory and they there was I think a fire at one or something. I don't know, but uh, doesn't matter. We've got these beautiful small solar panels. We've got a two volt, uh, three watt, a five volt, three watt, and I think a five volt, six watt. So these are, uh, sorry, uh, this is okay. Let me read this. This is a. Yeah, this is a 0.7 watt, uh, a 0.3 watt. So it's 0 0.3, 0 0.3, and 0 0.7. They're small panels compared to the quarter you can see, but they're very durable. They've got this like nice plastic coating on them. Yeah, Voltaic makes it stuff. Yeah, they they make the real. They make the, the, the highest quality. I have a Voltaic uh, suitcase um, laptop bag. It still works. I think it's like. 15 20 years old it's awesome and it's just like and they have like the highest quality works. so like these are not cheap solar cells these are like 22 percent efficiency yeah. solar cells so the two volt is not going to work with our lipo charger board i do mention that in the part description it's meant for people who are doing like um like power harvesting and stuff but the two other ones are five or six volt they will give you a voltage that you can use to charge a battery very slowly or if you have some electronics that's okay with a slightly higher voltage maybe there's a you know, regulator inside, uh, you could power it directly. I just thought these are nice, like little solar panels. All right. And then the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lydia, our customers, our team, our community, and everyone who shares and tries to uplift us all through knowledge and more is the Feather Sense. Well, but it's big, you know, expectations for this Feather Sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so this Feather Sense has been updated. It's back in stock. It's been out of stock for like over a year. It's been a little sad, but now we're happy again because we get to stock this one more time. This is our Feather with an NRF52840, uh, really powerful, but also very low power Bluetooth microcontroller that we have Arduino and CircuitPython support for. Uh, it's got packed full of sensors and a bunch of them were impossible to get to the part shortage and we finally got enough of them that we could get this board back in stock the only chip that had to be changed completely because it's completely discontinued is the accelerometer gyro um the lsm 60s 33 no longer made so instead we have the lsm 60s 3tr which is actually a slightly better chip anyways uh so we swapped that out I still got all the other sensor, the magnetometer, the light, color, and proximity, humidity, barometric pressure, temperature, uh, and uh, PDM microphone, um, all stuck on a board in feather format with some QSPY memory. It's like a lovely little board for sensing uh, and doing Bluetooth, a wireless sensor platform uh, for Bluetooth and low power usage. Uh, so check it out. Back in stock. Very excited. 
Alrighty, and that is... New. Okay, um, don't forget to code to FeatherSense. We have a couple questions lined up. You can put them in Discord. Um, if you put them in there, already I got them. Um, we'll get to those in a few moments. Um, before we um, get to the questions, we're going to do some top secret. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? We had a request from Discord to stock this. So speaking of LSM60S series chips, uh, this is the LSM60S V, which is used for VR and um, like OIS, like uh, optical image uh, sensor stabilization. Uh, it has a built-in sensor fusion. Uh, and it has the same footprint as our LSM60S 032 or whatever, or DSOX. Uh, so I was like, oh, great. Just swap the chip and I'm going to make a prototype and try it out, see how this chip goes. Um, I also made a board that I need a lot. It's something that takes NeoPixel signal in and drives a powerful LED or analog LED strip. So like the NeoPixels, they're bright, but sometimes you have like a gigantic strip that takes RGB analog common anode, or you have like a three watt LED. This is a little board that has a WS2811, takes that signal, inverts it, flips it, turns it upside down, drives it through some powerful N-channel FETs, output to a terminal block. Yeah, and like you're just like, oh, this is just like just watching Ask an Engineer, and it's like, wait, what's this? This is this is a really cool <laughs> top secret. Name. Yeah, this is a this is from two years ago. I started this, and I couldn't get the the power regulator chips, and I was like designing, redesigning, redesigning. I couldn't take it anymore. I shelved it and said, I'm going to get back to this when I can get components again. Um, so this is a floppy disk shaped floppy controller so yep. you can you can say flop and it's got a little floppy bunny some artwork that you and bruce designed yeah. that i found on the base camp i just slapped it on there yeah so uh, this is a floppy disk controller an open source one and it's going to help a lot of people do a lot of fun archive work yes because here's the thing like i go and visit my parents and they've got all these boxes of floppy disks and i wanted to like a standalone floppy disk reader that would yeah. be able to dump the floppy disks so um, we wanted to make it easy there's like really intense communities around um, archiving stuff that kind of chases people out. And we're like, well, let's make something that can bring everyone yeah. together in some way. Cause there's like not open source, open source. So it's going to be all open source. Everybody will be able to make and share hacks and mods with it. There won't be anything like weird that you have to like buy NDA stuff just to copy a floppy. So anyways, I want to copy some floppy. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a lot of a lot of stuff. Which I tried about a little bit on the this lady. This is just the first prototype, but now you see it. Uh, you know, we started with the floppy feather wing, and then this was going to be coming out right afterwards, yeah. and I didn't make it. So but, you know, there is an expiration on floppies. Eventually, it'll get harder and harder to copy them. So yeah. we also want to make a tool for people to get all the smarts and all the weird things that were developed over the years um, off those devices. We check out the Prince floppy. Um, it's one of the things that we wanted to do. We imaged the Prince Floppy with the font, the font on it. Um, just type Prince Floppy Adafruit. You'll see some of the things we did. Um, let's stop secret. All right. What's going on? Okay, rolling into questions. Okay, let's right let's away. Yeah, we're gonna get in anyway. and get out. Um, how do you create a driver to control NeoPixel on other processors that you didn't create, like an i? 
MX8M. How can I modularize the pulses for NeoPixel on other Linux-based processors do not have a library with PWM? It's very hard. And that's why I created the Stemma I2C to NeoPixel converter board, because this comes up a lot. In I, fact, I was, in the description, it says yeah, this is specific. I was going to say, this sounds like a like an industry plant. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I didn't, I didn't. We have a thing that plugs in yeah. that does this. Yeah, yeah. and it's I2C to NeoPixel can drive, like, I think, 250 NeoPixels. It's not super fast because it goes over I2C. But I2C is a lot more universal. Um, and if you're using Blinka or whatever I2C, you know, library that comes with your microcontroller, you just basically tell it how long the strip is and you write the data and then you tell it, pulse the data out and then um, it writes it. And I have some example code in Arduino and in CircuitPython uh, that people can get started with. Adafruit, we have a thing that plugs into a we thing. We have a thing that, that does, does the thing. Okay, um, I just want to know if it's possible to overwrite an FM frequency. You did some jamming. Yes, but not legally. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can get you can get FM transmitters and and amplify them, and you can do it. Um, you know, but you have to overpower it. FM in particular. You know that you have to lock in on the stereo signal, and so it's a little tougher than AM. Yeah, remember those uh, things that would plug into the top of an iPad that would, or sorry, an iPod. Yeah. that would uh, broadcast your uh, sound and you would tune into it on your car radio. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, actually, after the floppy, I should do like a cassette reading thing. Maybe. Uh, this is just a compliment. I love how most redesigns have stomach connectors built in, making the I2C so much easier to hit the ground running with the project. It makes iteration faster. Thanks. I know. That's the goal. Would Adafruit's USB isolator serve as a temporary solution for keeping my ham radio from disconnecting from my laptop when I tune in a transmit? Maybe. Um, it depends on what's actually happening. Um, if it's affecting the USB, it probably won't because you'll just interrupt it earlier. Um, maybe you get a USB cable. Well, you can shield it. Um, maybe your USB cable isn't shielded. This is tough. It's it's really tough to, uh, to know exactly what's going on. Um, you can try creating a ground shield around your um, USB cable. Um, like by hand with some tinfoil and a, and a ground strip. Um, that's the first thing I would recommend, but it's tough to know exactly like how it's disconnecting, what's causing it. Uh, can the transducer also work as a microphone? No, that's okay. and not, not really, no. All right. It's uh, very heavy. For Adafruit underscore display underscore shapes versus Vector.io, when would you choose each library of drawing one circle or line versus a thousand circles? That's a good question. This is actually a great one for the help of CircuitPython Discord. I'm going to tell you, Ask Foamy Guy because he knows this graphics yeah. stuff so well. And also, you, I want to tell you the wrong thing. You could probably tune into Deep Dive with Scott and ask uh, this Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, Scott would probably be able to tell you as well. But help with CircuitPython channel with Discord. Um, unless you want more, could probably guess, but that's the right place to go. Um, and if I'm allowed to question, yep. Uh, is learning Spice for schematic simulation worth it, or is it better just to order mill PCBs and see if they work? Um, it depends on what you're doing. If you are working on really kind of intense analog RF stuff, simulation I think definitely is going to help you because you're dealing with you know analog circuitry and um, you want to like you know get the filter just right. You got to tweak inductors and capacitors and resistors and maybe you know that's easier than doing a lot of you know linear equation solutions for digital circuits. I don't know, um, unless it's just like pure TTL logic, but a lot of people are doing stuff with microcontrollers these days and you're not going to simulate that. So I think for a filter, I think using Spice could be useful just if you're like, hey, I want to get the bony plot out. 
Um, I would also just build it. If it's less than 10 megahertz, it's built on a breadboard. Okay. Uh, and then this one's really easy. How do I get involved with making learn guides? Who should I reach out to? No one. Guess what? We have Playground now. You can do it without us. You don't need us. We, you don't need us. We made this so you can do it. So if you go to learn.adafruit.com and then click Playground. And you check it out. free account. Look at all these guides. Look at all these. Look at 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 these. Guides. Write your own guide. Write your own guide. Yeah. And then this is, we have a nice little graphic. We have all these things. And then these are all the, you can do this Ikea thing. Fort Finnugan. Yeah. There's plenty of like fun projects to do. Look at all this. You can make a group. Yeah. We have like 300 plus guides already that you, the community is doing. And we also made this so there's no ads. You don't have to log in to view all of the stuff and everything. We'll sell your info. We don't track. This, this is, is ad blocked, by the way. There's really, this is what yeah, like you now. know, it's weird going to our websites and the little ad trackers are like, hey, hey how come, you guys, not not? How come hey. you guys aren't looking right? Is something wrong with your next Someone's action? asking about round LCDs. Um, yeah, check out our site. We have some of those. And then question, what are you excited for 2024? New chips, etc. Yes, there's some new chips can't talk about. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I'm most excited about these boxes I'm designing. Yeah. I'm excited to be done with all the redesigned re- revisions. That was and I'm really glad I'm done. I'm yeah. ready to do new stuff. It's a it's a builder year because we can get all the things we need together. And um, I'd say the most exciting thing is um, we have a chance. We have a chance together to show the technology world. If you do hardware, open source software, and open source hardware, I think we can set a really good example of what it's like to have a group of people that are motivated by, you can run a business, but we're also motivated by something bigger than all of us, which is sharing information. It doesn't make sense to redesign a power supply. It doesn't make sense to redesign everything over and over again. Open source hardware and open source software really accelerates humans. Um, The analogy sometimes that I say is like, yeah, I guess you could like invent every recipe from scratch, but you can also get a cookbook and get the knowledge of other people that kind of learn how to cook the thing the right way and temperature and find the right ingredients and all that. And you get to become a better cook. But the best part about cooking just isn't the doing it and all the gadgets and all the things is you get to share a meal with people. And that kind of is the thing that happens with open source hardware and software is in the end, you get to share it. And and that's the thing that we have a shot. And I think we have to set a good example because let me tell you something, folks, it's shitty out there. <laughs> it's terrible. It's never been worse in, for, for people who do technology in so many different ways, but that's an opportunity to make it better or show a different path. And even some of the people that I really admire, they're cranky, they're burnt out, they're mean, they hate themselves. No, they hate themselves, they hate everyone, they hate computers every day. I hate computers. I'm so sorry that I did it to you, but there is another way, there's another way. And the other way is like, there are good things that are going on with technology. And and I think the people in this community are the ones that are gonna show by example. Um, It's gonna be a weird year for sure. This is one of the, I think, more positive things you can do with technology and your smarts. So thanks for joining us. That's what I'm looking for because we have a chance. Like that's what I'm like. The, the thing I'm looking forward to is we have a shot. We have a shot. How often do you get this where you have a shot to bring people together to make and share something? Not that many times or chances. So last one will be. Oh, there's a follow up. Uh, how do you recommend? Uh, how do you recommend creating this driver? PWM and duty cycle modulation. If yes, based on pulse duration. They're starting to ask very technical questions. I don't. I don't know your processor. I would really not suggest. I mean, you can look at other designs and do it, but um, 
please do not keep asking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any more ESP32 product coming down the line? Yes, we have the ESP32 Itsy Bitsy. Okay. Showed a preview of it. Alrighty. And with that, I think we're going to call it. Those are all the okay. questions. Thank you, everybody. Them's our questions. Um, that was our show for tonight. Don't forget the code is Feathersense. There's that free stuff. Um, don't forget to check adabox.com for the update as we're shipping more update adaboxes. Yep. Address. And we thank you very much. This has been an Adafruit production. We will see everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener. Bye, everybody.